everyone and welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. My name is Rosie and I'm here with Jeremy and today we are talking to Rob aka Techno Yogi. We cover a lot in this episode. First, Techno Yogi tell us all about how we got into bodybuilding and all the really cool behind the scene of the discipline and it was really interesting to understand all the challenges and sacrifices he had to do to really get good at it so that was really cool and then we got into how he dived into yoga and changed this lifestyle to have a more intentional and meaningful life he also shared with us his love for music techno music uh, to be precise how we learn DJing and now is a DJ resident in Miami and also how he got into candy art. He basically creates huge pieces of art from little plastic beads that he assembled and yeah, create really, really cool art and he exchanged them during music festivals. And to finish, we talk about gratitude and just how to show appreciation for life. Really cool episode. We love this conversation and we hope you enjoy it too. Rob, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this for doing this and being with us today. I really appreciate you taking the time to record. I'm going to start with an easy question for you, but something mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people that know you are wondering, why are you known as techno yogi? Oh, okay. So, um I decided to uh, a few years ago, I would say like maybe two years ago, uh, as I was creating a new Instagram account, um, I was just getting right back into music at that time. And uh, one of my favorite styles of music is techno or anything under techno, tech house, house. Um, And at that time, I was also practicing yoga. So I wanted to combine both of them together because I do yoga and I like techno at the same time. And I have done techno to yoga as well, which is like one of my favorites. So I was like, I'm going to combine both of them. And they kind of remind me of uh, both spectrums as well, because techno can be very aggressive and like very. It also has like it's very mellow points, but, you know, Yoga is also very zen, so I thought it would be like the yin and yang as well. Mm, so I came out with yeah. techno yoga, yeah. <laughs> I, I think in Miami, more people know you as techno yogi than as Rob. I don't. I, uh, I wonder <laughs> if people actually know your name, honestly. <laughs> I, I get a lot of people ask me uh, what my real name is, but uh, no, you're right. Um, over the time, I actually prefer to be called Techno Yogi over Rob. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it almost kind of reminds me of like Beyonce. Like, if you see her anywhere, you're not gonna call her by like her real name. I don't think anyone knows her real name either. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, if we go back in time, uh, do you want to tell us maybe like where you're from? Where did you grow up? Yeah, so I was born in Miami, Florida. I've lived in Miami my whole life, my whole life. Uh, I've traveled very little as well. Um, I've only left the States, I think, twice. Yeah, just twice. I've gone to Canada and Costa Rica uh, mm-hmm. for festivals. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I was just born and raised here. Um, lived here my whole life. Good place to be to live (laughs) (laughs) what was it like growing up in Miami because I mean we went there when we were 30 
and it must be a completely different experience growing up in Miami with that kind of scene of uh, well first of all having the beach but then also kind of the nightlife and the kind of party scene and everything how was that growing up there uh it was really interesting um the nightlife was always there uh the beaches were always there too but being kind of like a local i was always kind of far from the beach it was always like 40 minutes to an hour so it wasn't like very accessible either when i was mm. younger uh i always had a passion to the beach too i always loved being in it um but i little by little i kind of just stopped going to the beach because it was always a hassle between parking and there was always a ton of tourists and it was just always like it, it was always like like preparation you had to like prepare like a few days before you had to make it's sure like a real like, day you, trip yeah, yeah, yeah like it was gonna be like an adventure yeah. <laughs> a trip to the beach <laughs> yeah. yeah you got it's like i'm gonna spend there the whole day because like you're not gonna be there for an hour or two you know like yeah <laughs> but uh that was uh that was uh how the beaches was um once I started uh, working at Equinox at the beach later on, I started to get a little more appreciation for what was so close to me. Um, when I was younger, I really didn't enjoy it as much. Like I said, it was always like a hassle and like yeah. a trip. And um, until you learn the whole area and spots and where to park and convenience, it's not really convenient being mm -hmm. local and living so south. Um, the nightlife too kind of conflicted with some of my early parts of my life because I liked being part of the nightlife. I bartended when I was younger. Um, I worked in the hospitality too. So I did events, I did parties. Uh, I was always part of the entertainment. I also worked for Hennessy. Uh, we would buy um, like a table and we would present uh, the alcohol for people. Uh, that was a pretty cool experience too. Um, so I was always part of the nightlife. Uh, and like I said, once I started getting more into the training aspect, because around 18, I decided to become a personal trainer okay. uh, and being a personal trainer, I, I used to work out and I was very obsessive. That's what kind of made me become a personal trainer was I kept my sister kept asking me. She's like, you spend so much time in the gym. Like, why don't why don't you work there? I was like, hmm, that's a good <laughs> that question. Sense. I don't know. That makes sense. <laughs> so I, I started uh, I was always fascinated with the human body and uh that's what kind of just got me into the gym was was like, well, I'm already here. Might as well. Uh, I was always fascinated with how it worked, the mechanics of it, building it, what it could do. Um, and then being a personal trainer kind of conflicted with that nightlife because mm. uh, I had a girlfriend at the time and she was like, you're so obsessive with your working out and like you have like you're so disciplined and so regimented and it's like this, this, this. And she was like, what are you doing with it, though? Like, and I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> She's like... <laughs> You look good, but what else are you doing with it? You yeah. know, and I was like, she's like, why don't you compete? Why don't you like, you know, do something? And I was like, hmm, those are good questions too, you know? <laughs> so when I decided to compete, I kind of had to let go of that nightlife because hmm. they conflict with each other. You, they, they never work with each other. Never, ever. Uh, you, in order to have a really good body, you have to have enough rest. Uh, during certain times of, of, of the night, you start to release different hormones um, and you start to recuperate different parts of the organs mm -hmm. and different mm -hmm. parts of the system. So between 11 and 12, there's hormones that need to get released that are going to help you for the next day. So if you miss that window, you're not going to get those hormones. So your body's already going to start the next day with some deficiencies. So it goes like into that depth. 
when we go into the human body and stuff like that and trying to present yourself i used to compete so you had to present yourself on a designated date which was very challenging because there's so many variables and so many factors that play into preparing yourself and like to look your best and be your best when someone wants it was was very challenging so i had to kind of let go of the nightlife for i think i competed for a few years uh i competed officially like three years but i got into that habit like 10 years into it can you tell them more? So can you tell them more about competing? This is a world I really don't know anything about. Uh, yeah. So maybe like, and, and actually maybe for people who don't even know what it is, like, can you give more detail yeah. about what did you compete in? Yeah, so uh, they come in different categories. I competed in physique. Um, and in physique, they have different uh, styles in, in physique. They have classic physique and regular physique. Regular physique is just going to be the short level. So they're going to come in uh, swim shorts that are going to be uh, at least two inches above the knee. Classic will be coming in with like shorter shorts. So you'll be able to see more of the legs, um, anything under that range. Um, but when I competed, it was uh, it's definitely where I start to grow and build a lot of my discipline because um, I remember my very first competition I was I was going to compete and I started getting ready and I was going to quit everything because you have to they do drug tests they do even for alcohol and everything like that so mm -hmm. you have to be sober 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 um, and around that time I had I was I had never like stopped drinking and stopped smoking um, so I kind of stopped doing all those things and like maybe three months before competing, I get a small little injury um, when I was working at a rehab facility at the time. And my boss takes a look at it and he was like, dude, he was like, you can't compete. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, man, you can't compete. He was like, you need to let this heal. If, if not, you're going to do more damage. And I already had been trying to work around it for like three or four months um, and it just wasn't getting any better and it just kept getting worse and worse. So I kind of took a step back and I was like, you know, let me listen to him and let me listen to my body because I don't want to ruin, you know, chances of me ever competing just because, you know, I'm, mm. I'm... and it kind of sucked too because I dedicated already six months, you know, so to kind of let go of six months of like dedication. And I remember going at nights for runs. Um, my eating was, was getting very, very clean. I was eating like raw vegetables at that time, like raw broccoli and raw carrots. And it's, it wasn't very pleasant. Um, my second year going into competitions, um, I started, uh, I already healed my arm. Uh, everything started to feel better. Uh, I, I decided to enter into the, I want to call it, I got to double check what the name is, but, um, it was a competition in November. Uh, I got to double check the name. Like I said, I can't get it off the top of my head right now. Um, but that competition was always in November. Um, I competed twice in that competition. My very first competition, um, I had given it everything I thought I could. Uh, I was like, you know, I was looking at my physique and I was like, the first five people get a trophy mm. and they go from one to five. Yeah. So I was looking at my physique and I was like, for sure, at least, at least the top five, you know, <laughs> I was like, I don't know about one or two, you know, you know, I, I wasn't ever that cocky. I was like, but at least top five, you know, I give it to myself. Uh, and like maybe two or three months before, um, I was a little unsure about certain things. So I decided to work with this coach. So the coach kind of switches my eating a little bit. I was eating, I think it was rice and chicken and they switched it to sweet potato and chicken or sweet mm -hmm. potato and fish with a little bit of chicken as well. 
Um, and there's a few other little changes too that they made. And I don't know, during that competition, uh, they ended up not even calling my name. And mm -hmm. it was, yeah, it was so de detrimental to me. Um, it was like, it was very hurting, uh, very, very hurting. And I remember I had a chance to talk to the judges after that and everything, but I was just so defeated that I just, and I was so depleted too, because a lot of people don't know, but when you're seeing most people on stages, uh, they're probably at their weakest, even though they look like they're at their strongest, because in order to, in order to see muscles and striations and muscle fibers, you have to deplete the body of water. Uh, out of certain okay. nutrients yeah so some people know how to manipulate the body by carb loading uh, manipulating carbs manipulating salt um, so that your body has a chemical reaction on stage mm. wow. yeah so and like i said the more dehydrated you are the less water you're going to have between the skin and the muscle fibers so you're going to yeah. be able to see a lot the more dehydrated you are but like I said, dehydrating yourself is not the most ideal thing because yeah. you, that you're made up of all of water, you know. So, um, yeah, my my uh, when was it? My first year competing was so challenging because uh, being on stage and holding poses 10, 15 minutes and literally contracting everything as hard as you can. Imagine in order to contract muscle fibers uh they can get cramps and stuff like that yeah. you're so dehydrated too that they just lock up on you mm. uh that's why like you see like uh i don't know if you've seen but there's certain co competitors that have passed out on stage and stuff like that it's normal okay. it's not like unheard of yeah um but like i said you're you're super depleted you're like at your weakest um and is that something you can make a living off or was it just something like you're doing as a hobby um, I wanted to become a professional for sure, for sure, because that was it was it went along with everything I was doing at my life. Um, mm. I was very obsessive with with working out. I was a personal trainer at the time. Uh, I think I was even running my own boot camps at that time. So it went with everything that I wanted to do. I just yeah. wasn't so much of a fan of the lifestyle too much. Uh, because like I said, it kind of contradicted a lot of other things. The girlfriend I had at the time, um, she used to work at the bar. Hmm. So imagine she was a bartender and stuff like that. Yeah. So she gets home at like six in the morning. Like I'm waking up at six to go work out, you know, like. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So it was challenging at that time too, having a relationship like that, because like I said, it kind of conflicted with my, with what I wanted to do and my life. Um, my second year competing, um, I wanted to make sure I I wasn't going to lose. So mm. I remember since at the ending of the year, I started to kind of prepare myself. I People typically prepare maybe three or four months before a show. So it, it, when they start getting ready to prepare, they'll up their cardio regimen. They'll start to deplete the body of carbs. Um, you start getting rid of things that you don't really need and you start going into as minimal as you can so that you can start shredding the body. Mm. So I decided to kind of like to instead of wait three or four months to prepare for the next show, I decided to just already kind of be prepared. Because as I started to look up information about like when you switch your digestion to sudden, let's say you're always used to eating this every single day and out of nowhere you switch it, your body's not going to know how to react to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's going to be a somewhat of a shock. 
So imagine all year long I have been eating white rice and chicken and then I switch it to sweet potato. Sweet potato has more sugar content. Sweet potato is a little bit more heavier than rice. It takes a little longer to get processed. It's more complex. So I, as I start to analyze why didn't I win, because I started to have to kind of figure out, since I didn't talk to the judges, I had to kind of sit there and figure out, like, what can I do better this year? Because to realize that what 150% of my, of my energy and everything just that wasn't enough i have to figure out and now at that point how do i get to another level because that wasn't enough mm. and to know that my everything is not enough it was psychologically challenging because it's yeah. like i literally gave it all like i can't think of anything i could have like you know done more of i literally mm. did everything um but I, that's where i had to literally figure out things like how can i go beyond this level how can i achieve so i started to analyze things deeper and i was like okay Maybe my food switching could have caused a reaction, you know, because uh, stress will also spike your cortisol levels up. So if you don't know how to control your stress levels during the day of your shows, your body's going to show it. Mm-hmm. Your body represents everything how your mind is, too. So they're all connected. So the depending on how your body looks also has to do with how your mind is. They go hand in hand. Mm hmm. So I was thinking about all these things and I was like, okay, my eating might have affected things too, might have shocked my body. Um, What else can I do? So at the beginning of the year, I started having nightmares from the loss. That's how like how much it hurt me Mm. and how much it was like it was just very bothering me. So all year long, I decided to kind of just be crazy about it. And I was like, I'm going to just be prepared the whole year. I'm not going to switch anything. I'm not going to eat sugars. I'm not going to indulge because typically as a competitor, you have an off season and in the off season is where you you build, uh, you up your intake and you don't really care so much about your fat levels. You enjoy because... life. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the last, you know, four or six months of the year, you start getting, okay, it's time to get, you know, tighten things up again and like, let's get back on track and let's, you know, let's count things a little bit more and, you know. So I was like, I'm just, I'm not going to do that this year. Uh, I'm going to have uh, last, the besides doing the sweet potato, um, the day of the competition, I worked with this guy who works with competitors and he made me eat boiled chicken and rice the last like two, three days. Mm-hmm. And he kind of showed me how to manipulate the body a little bit. So um, I was like, I'm going to use that that method and already start the year like that so the whole year until it was day to compete boiled chicken and rice wow that is yeah. dedication yeah no no and i told you the first the first month uh it, it already started to get to me you know i was it was just like the same thing over and over and over and over again uh it was probably one of the most challenging things i've had to overcome mentally mm-hmm. um because there's no flavor uh, i would use mm. very little salt um so i wouldn't have to salt load or, or manipulate the salt too much in my body uh, like i said i just tried to stay as 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 ready as i could be so the day of the competition there wasn't like you know switch this switch that yeah. you know i was ready and with all of that i ended up getting a second place and getting a chance to compete in nationals yeah mm. wow and i ended up winning two trophies uh, which awesome. is super awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was so happy for it to be over. Just to, I was over chicken. Yeah. I don't think I ever ate it. I don't ever think I ate chicken after that day. Either. I can yeah. imagine. And then yeah. did you go to nationals then? No. <laughs> so, so this is where like my journey starts to kind of change. Um, 
because as I started getting ready for nationals, I started, I started having digestive issues. And I, it kind of feels like gastritis and my mom kind of suffers from stuff, like symptoms from gastritis. She's always with her digestion and this and that. So I was having really, really bad issues with my stomach where um, it almost felt like uh, it I had like a black hole. And I would eat and it just, it wouldn't satisfy me. And I was mm. like, I was starving. Like if I hadn't eaten, and I would eat like these gigantic plates. Because at that time I was eating like six meals a day. Wow. Um, yeah, six, seven meals a day I would I would consume. Uh, when I would compete, I would compete at 200 pounds, um, 3%, 3.5% body fat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I was having issues with my stomach and just things weren't, something was up and I kept talking to my mom about it and she was like, it just sounded like what she had. So I kind of never put attention to it. Um, and then I was kind of suffering for the whole year like that really bad. I wasn't eating good. Um, I was hungry, but I was full at the same time. Like mm. my stomach was very bloaty. Um, and eventually I decided just to go to the doctor like eight months into it, maybe six months like that. And when I go to the doctor, they're like, dude, you have a bacteria. You have a, it's called H. pylori and it can come mm. from proteins and stuff like that. Um, and they're like, you just need antibiotics. So they gave me two antibiotics. Uh, and it, like I said, it kind of just comes for proteins and stuff like that. Any kind of protein can carry the bacteria. Okay. So around that time, I tried to do a, a carb cycle where you go two days without eating any carbs and you just eat proteins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. And typically when I would do that, I would lose at least like maybe two or three pounds of either excess water or like a little bit of fat that gets released too. Um, And nothing happened to my body. My body didn't even react. My body just (laughs) laughed at it. And I was like, oh, this is this is this is not really good news, you know, because typically I I was so used to carb cycling and for sure I would shred a little bit, you know, Mm. so I would do a few cycles like that to start preparing my body as I started getting closer to the competitions. Um, noticing that my body wasn't reacting, I was like, no, there's no way I can compete like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't want to go into nationals looking worse than when I did the year that I competed. So I just, I didn't even bother competing that year. And that was the chance that I had to go to nationals. Um, then from there, my job kind of shifted. Um, I had a chance to work at Equinox at the beach. And it was really interesting working for them because they had asked me questions that I had never asked myself. And they challenged a lot of things and a lot of beliefs that I had because um, it all comes from like bodybuilding. Yeah. So I remember like one of their one of the coolest things they ever did was uh, they're like, all right, I want you to write down a workout routine for me. And I was like, all right, cool. Boom. I start writing things down. I'm like, oh, I got this, you know, da, da, da. Uh, she looks at it and she just tears it up in front of my face. She doesn't even <laughs> look at it. And I was like, what? She's like, this probably was an amazing workout. And I'm sure it was awesome. She was like, but it's not specific. She's like, you don't know enough about me to make it specific. So she was like, you know, this is how I want you to start approaching things. I want you to ask more questions. I want you to, you know, dig deeper, find out more things, you know, try to tailor things as specific as possible. You know, make sure that every exercise you choose and everything that you're doing is purposely and towards that person's goal. You're not just eating Mm -hmm. up time. Right. And no matter how good the exercise could be, maybe it's not for that person's body. Maybe they don't want that, you know. 
maybe it's not even goal related sometimes as a, as a trainer we we want what we what we want in ourselves and other people and sometimes certain people don't want that mm. so it kind of helped me kind of shift different things and stuff like mm. that in my mind and they kind of always told me they're like look if you don't like something that we're teaching you question it apply it and test things for yourself so they had a really cool machine that uh, did very specific body fat uh, it went down to like the very t your bone density how much water weight you had how much muscle weight you had i mean like mm. very very detailed so mm. i heard about people fasting and as a bodybuilder that was absurd like fasting yeah. like, <laughs> not eating i was like they tell us to eat the minute we wake up like we should even like go to sleep with a meal like eating you know like <laughs> And I heard about, uh, there's this lady that I heard about back in the day. She was like 50 something and she had an incredible body because she literally ate every three hours, even when she slept. She slept for like a handful of hours, but she would wake up, Whoa. eat a little snack, boom, go right back to sleep. You know, so like this is the mentality that I had in my mind of yeah. like, yo, you yeah. got to eat, you got to eat protein, protein, carbs, carbs. And I was like, not eating. I was like, this sounds crazy, <laughs> crazy. But and you know, I, I wanted to open my mind a little bit and I wanted to stop being so closed minded because I was very closed minded at that time. Like I said, I wasn't willing to question things and question my own reality because I was so so fixated on my own reality that I just wasn't willing to accept yeah, any other reality. It's like you lived in a bubble for two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you're and conditioned I, I to, to like think a certain way. Bubble, and, and, yeah. yeah, so it kind of helped me too because like I said, how you do one thing is how you do other things in life. So if I'm close-minded here, it's I'm very close-minded in other parts of my life. Uh, mm -hmm. It all bleeds into each other, so... I decided to kind of try this fasting thing out. You know, I was like, I have this machine. It, it, it's going to help me track everything every week. I'm going to test it and see, like, what's happening to my body. Am I losing yeah. muscle? Am I losing fat? Like, what are the reactions? So I started testing it out. And I was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to eat the, the first meal. I sleep eight hours, nine hours sometimes, you know, because I work out a lot. So I like to when I was working out that much, uh, I would like to sleep nine to ten hours. Because uh, I would work out like maybe three hours very, very intensely. So like I would wake uh -huh. up like if I slept eight hours, I felt like it was nothing. Yeah. Mm. No sleep at all. So I started testing this fasting thing and nothing happened to my body uh, at the end of the month in terms of like I didn't lose muscle like I thought I would because um, I thought me losing a meal would really do something drastic to my body. Mm. But I didn't see any 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 side effects, any adverse effects. I actually noticed myself getting a little leaner. But still keeping the same muscle muscle density, so I started kind of noticing how how it's challenging to lose your muscle. It's not as easy as we we think. We lose a lot of other things before that. But anyways, um, then I heard about people you know doing veganism and not eating meat. Yeah. Um, and at that time, I kind of wanted to shift into that because I already had issues with the meat since I had the H pylori. So. Mm -hmm. I was kind of hesitant on what I was eating and very like, you know, cautious on meats that I was eating. Uh, I just didn't want to mess with that stuff again. Yeah. And I did the same thing with 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 the proteins. I was like, I'm going to take protein out of my system for one month and see what happens. And again, it wasn't I didn't lose muscle. I didn't you know, I, it was I just started noticing positive effects on my body. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so I little by little started to shift away from meat like that. Um, me being Latin too, um, I always eat a lot of rice and beans. Yeah. 
uh, that's like a staple for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even as a bodybuilder, like it would always be chicken, rice, beans, and veggies. Like it's some protein, always rice and beans and some vegetables. <laughs> so when I started uh, decreasing my protein intake, I just started to up my beans a lot more. And that's how I kind of just started shifting away from all the meats and stuff like that and started to get more into a, a, like a different journey. Um, during the time that I did my certification for yoga, uh, my guru had, had uh, in order to be in part of the class, you have to, there's a, there's a regiment that they like you to follow. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's certain things that they want you to eliminate from your system. So uh, stimulants are going to be one of the first ones. So any caffeine in any form is one of the first things you take out. Um, onions, garlic was a few other ones too. There's certain vegetables. Uh, peppers, uh, I don't know if peppers get taken out, but I know like, for example, peppers have, uh, they have, uh, I forget what they have inside of them, but they make you sleepy. Okay. Oh, they have okay. a chemical inside that if you eat too much pepper, it's going to produce this chemical within you that does make you drowsy. Mm -hmm. um, they're called nightshades, by the way. Uh, peppers fall under them, and there's a few other nightshades that you have to be careful with. So, like, if you're someone that tends to be sleepy and stuff like that, sometimes it could just be certain vegetables that you're having that are just called nightshades that cause drowsiness because they have a chemical inside of them. I think it's to protect themselves or something like that. Interesting. And, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah and i i mean i remember one time i was eating a ton of peppers and i was always tired and i was like i don't get it like i sleep a lot like like why am i tired like yeah it was I'm eating just... healthy and yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah mm -hmm. interesting yeah so during the during the practice and during my yoga certification they also wanted us to go full vegan as well full vegan so yeah um after then, I kind of just kept it going. I never kind of stopped. Yeah. So are you still vegan uh, now? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't call myself vegan vegan because um, I don't really like to put myself in a box either and label myself too much. Because um, like I said, I, I just I have respect for animals. It's not that I'm against eating them. I just have respect for them. Um, mm. The way we, we get our meats and stuff like that isn't really humane and it's not really the best way. Uh, if I was living out in the woods and I caught a fish, I would eat it. Uh, yeah. But again, I would be taking its life. I would be cleaning it. I would be doing the whole process. I, I wouldn't be like we get we, we're masked, you know, as we eat our yeah. proteins and stuff like that. You know, like those animals weren't most of them too. like imagine anything that has a nervous system feels feels pain, you know. Mm -hmm. So after learning about energy and how things are transferable and I was just like. You know, we live in such an abundant world that we've never ever lived in as humans that we can even things that aren't in season we have. Yeah. Like yeah. that's how abundant we live that, you know, so it's like to kind of spend my, my time eating things that, you know, we don't really, really need. I just yeah. like I said, I started living more purposeful. Like, why do I do things? What's the purpose behind it? You know, like just to do it because I can do it kind of just doesn't feed me anymore. I want to have more purpose, more meaning. More. So how long ago did you do your yoga teacher training? When was that? Uh, I want to say I'm about to get to my second year that I did it. I did it around, uh, I got, I graduated right before December 2019. Okay. I want to say. And do, you, do you teach yoga on a regular basis? No, negative. No? Negative. And it's funny too, because I, 
I came into it thinking that I was going to be a full-time teacher. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because um, at the time that I was doing my personal training, um, I got into numerology and I was noticing a lot of frequent numbers and I kind of looked it up and the numbers were like, oh, you got to find more of like a spiritual path. And I was like, that's going to help your career. And then I was kind of like, what can, what, what, where can I kind of go with this? Because I do personal training, you know, and I was like, and I had been, like I said, around around the time that I was doing the whole testing, the fasting and at Equinox, I noticed a lot of people doing yoga. Um, mm. And I met my guru there because he teaches there. So I kept hearing about yoga, yoga, yoga. Then I started doing yoga myself because I went to a, a space 420. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that was one of the very first times I did yoga. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was super, yeah, yeah, it was one of the very first times I had done yoga, yoga, like practice somewhere because um, during Equinox, um, like I told you, started really shifting my whole philosophy and my thought process and everything. They opened up in Equilibrium, which is where I do my calisthenics now, they have the, mm-hmm. the white bars and stuff like that. So my very first time going over there, um, it was so beautiful and it, the, it was they have palm trees and i was like what a vibe i was like i'm so used to working out in like these little walls and i was like this is on another level and i started seeing people doing amazing things with their body and i had seen things before on tv and stuff but like to physically see it i was just more amazed so i remember trying a few things and i couldn't do anything you know i tried to do pull-ups and i was like ah like struggling and it was like I was like, I can't believe this. Like in the gym, I lift <laughs> five, six hundred pounds. Like even the machine's telling me I'm lifting three hundred pounds. You know, like, and here I can't even move myself. I'm like, no, 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 no. So I started kind of like thinking about my life path around that time, and I was like, I've dedicated twelve years of my life already to this. You know, because I've been certified for twelve years, thirteen years now. Wow. I want to say. So I was like, I've been certified, I've won competitions, I've ran my boot camps, I've managed gyms, I've done all these things, but like, what do I have to show for it? Mm. You know, because I can't, I like, I can't move my my body, like, and then like, if I want to show anyone, I'm, I would have to take them to the gym, I would be like, have to set everything up so that I can show them what I could do. You know, it's like, yeah. it kind of yeah. like made me think about like, how, like, what am I trying to like strive for? What am I trying to achieve with this? You know, because I started to notice like, it was more for my ego. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I looked good. And yeah, I could lift heavy weight in front of people in a gym. But like, what else could I do with it? Because yeah let's say someone needed my help and they needed to rescue them i'm not going to be able to rescue them these are like show <laughs> muscles you know these are mm. <laughs> like i'm never going to have fixed 500 pounds on an, on a straight bar for me to move you yeah. know life is not like that like life is you know isometric you know you might not have you might only be able to put one arm to help someone like yeah. so i kind of started to think about like you know what do i want to do the next 10 years because I don't want to look back like I am now and be like, I have trophies. Yay. You know, like, yeah, I don't want to be that person when I'm 80. Like, oh, I used to. And oh, back when I like, I don't want to talk about things. I want to show and I want to do things. So I always wanted to do handstands and I always got to It was always like little shifts that kind of push me into calisthenics. But like I never in order to do calisthenics, you got to practice. it. It's like anything else. You get what you practice. Practice makes the master, you know, like. People that want to do handstands, are you doing a handstand daily? Because if you're not doing a handstand, you're just dreaming about it. You're not really taking any action. And yeah, we can sit here and dream about things, but your actions and what you do on a daily basis is what you're going to achieve and what you're going to get because that's what you're speaking to reality. Yeah. 
So I started watching all these people doing calisthenics and I started getting into that. I started trying to change and shift myself. What's up? When did acro yoga become a thing? When did that like, after, weave into after, it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, just after, after this because um, the calisthenics kind of made me shift how I used to train. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me kind of appreciate a different style of training as well. It was different manipulating the body as well. Uh, the stimulations is a little bit different. It's way more endurance. Um, lifting heavy is, is easier for me than lifting a ton of repetitions because when you're repping a ton of repetitions, the lactic acid, which is what burns the muscle fibers, it's at 100%. So mm. it becomes a pain threshold at that point. It's no longer like, yeah, it's heavy, but you're only moving it a few seconds. When you're yeah. doing reps for a minute straight or you're holding a position for a minute, minute and a half, it's way more tolling on the body. So around that time, it just shifted how I wanted to train and what I wanted to do with myself. And that's where calisthenics really began. And I'm very fortunate that I had the training in my background because I was able just to teach myself. Yeah. I know how to how to program everything. I know how to look at emotion and regress it so that you're able to progress and be able to do it to its full potential and even beyond that. So at that time, I had some friends that used to go to South Point uh, and they would first start at, at, at Muscle Beach and then they would go to South Point. Um, I had never been to South Point, you know, and I told you I'm, I, I was a local and like I've lived here my whole life and like I never like really appreciate it. Like I can count the hand the, the times I've been to the beach before mm-hmm. like, yeah, before uh, before Equinox. Uh, once I lived at once I started working at Equinox, I was at the beach always because I worked there. So yeah. during my breaks, I would go work out. Uh, I would chill at the beach. It was just such a different lifestyle and such a different vibe. Um, so I end up going to South Point with my friends to kind of check it out. And I see all these people doing acrobatics. And I was amazed. I was like, oh, this is cool. Looking you at know? Pablo carrying people. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and the community at that time was a little smaller, too. It wasn't as big as it is now. And like South yeah. Point is now like uh, like a tourist designation spot. Now people like, you know, come here just to go to the to the patches. Hmm. But uh, when I was over there, I remember looking and I was very intimidated, too, at that time because it was so different and so new. And like, I didn't know anyone. And. Uh, it took a while for me to get comfortable and talk to people and little by little I started my acro journey there too. Uh, trying things out, having people let me play with them. Uh, like I said though, it took like the first year kind of sucked for me. I wasn't really like motivated to go there because mm. I was always intimidated by everyone kind of, it, it, since everyone kind of knew each other, everyone kind of partnered yeah. up with each other. So yeah. like if you're not, if you're not like very social and like you're introverted and like you don't know how to talk to people it's not really like the most comfortable place to be at i don't know? picture you like that at all it's so interesting yeah but that's like i said it's all been part of my journey so like i used to be very close-minded very timid uh, i didn't like to talk to people i wasn't very social uh i was i was just very different like i said and i'm very grateful everything has happened the way that it had because it showed me how to be more open how to talk to people how to how to how to just be me more you know because now when i see you like at any i mean you're going to literally like every event that we were going to in miami we're always seeing each other you're always (laughs) like talking to people you're always like we're gonna come to that like exchanging candies and and bracelets and thing and 
so interesting how you changed wow yeah and and i'm really thankful for the whole bracelets and stuff because that was one of the biggest things that that happened in my life and changed me completely 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 uh how helped did me that evolve start? along um i had seen people do this a long time ago but like i said i was very close-minded at that time like when i used to bodybuild i was very like i said i was like very ego and like yeah. you know <laughs> so i had a buddy of mine that would do it and i used to see him and i was like I don't know how you do that. I was like, God bless you. You are so patient. I was like, I wouldn't be able to put one little bit at it. I was like, no, 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 no. You're crazy. I was like, let's, maybe let's try to explain to people who don't know what it is. So you, I, I'll pop some pictures in the show notes, but you basically yeah. create honestly, like massive pieces. Thanks to some small beads yeah. the, of colors that you put together and then you melt it. So it's staying mm -hmm. together and you can create, I mean, you, like you're famous for creating dj logo and you give them the their logo every time but mm -hmm. you have like i mean your your massive uh, shield with techno yeah. yogi on it i'll pop some pictures so people can see what i'm talking about but yeah it must take forever i mean i've seen the video when you do them like your time lapses and yeah you need patience yeah. for that man yeah so i had a friend of mine that used to make it and i was like i don't know how you do it i was like it's crazy and he used to go to festivals too because this used to be really popular back in i would say like early like 90s uh mid 90s it was really popular uh that's how early it started and originally the, the term comes candy comes because the bracelets actually used to be made out of candy so if you were at a rave you would eat them and, and it was like you know kind of cool and like people you know it was just different um little by little it started to progress into these perlers and i forgot who actually did the first exchange but um it's it stands for peace love unity and respect uh the the plural of it is just called plur so there's a community and they're called candy kids with a k okay so my buddy showed me this and i was like very close-minded i was like nah that's not for me i kind of closed that out mm. um when I dated someone for about 10 years and I kind of got disconnected to music around that time. Um, before that, I used to go to every single ultra. I remember my first ultra was 14. I was 14 years old when I went to my first ultra. And I got into dancing at that time when I was in middle school. Um, Glow Sticks had just came out for us and I had my very first like little dance party at school and I saw someone with glow sticks and, and strings. And they were doing like this weird little movement, uh, which is now called the figure eight, you know? So they're doing like this little move and I was looking at it and I'm like, this is absolutely <laughs> cool. I was like, this is so fascinating. I was like, what is this, you know? So I started getting into dancing with, with glow sticks like that. So I was considered a raver. Mm. So when I went to Ultra, uh, I went there for like a different purpose. I went there to compete with people and like to rave against them. And it was like a battle. And it was like it was there was battles back in the day uh, when I first went to Ultra because they also had um, drum and bass. They also had beatboxers. They also had break dancers and stuff like that. The style of music that they had were a little bit different than what they have now. Uh, and there's communities. People would literally come just to battle against people all over the world. That's so, cool. yeah, I got into raving like that and I used to go to every single ultra and then I meet this very special individual. They're not really into techno like I am. I used to sleep, eat, drink techno. Like I'm telling <laughs> you, like I could go to sleep to it. I had uh, 38 days of music that wouldn't repeat itself. That's how much music I had on my computer back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. 
Yeah, yeah. So I had mixes and everything, and I, like I loved the music so much that I always had it playing. Um, I got into the music too because my sister, she's seven years older than me, she uh, always loved that music. So as a kid, I was always there was always bass like thumping in my on the walls of like my room. It was always like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and she would listen to like trance, and trance is like really aggressive. It's like 160 BPMs easy. You know, it was like, doo, 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 that's doo, my doo, stuff. Doo. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Jeremy loves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she got me into the music originally because when I was a kid, I, like I told you, I remember being maybe like 10. I started listening to techno because of her and trance music because of her. It was just always playing. Uh, and her first boyfriend was a DJ as well. So it was cool because she invited me over his house one time and he showed me all of his equipment. And he was like, he had vinyls of a whole wall garage full of just vinyls. Wow. Um, and he had turntables because that's all they had at that time. They were just turntables. There were no CDJs yet. They hadn't come out yet. So he was the first person that gave me my very first DJ lessons. And he just showed so me cool. the ropes and showed me the basics. Yeah, he was just like, play around. He was like... My sister, but you and my sister are gonna go hang out somewhere else later, and they, they kind of just <laughs> left me in the garage. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, so I I learned from him, and he showed me the very very basics. Um, and like I said, uh, I got disconnected from music, um, dating this person because they just weren't into it. Uh, they liked other styles of music, and yeah, they would they would listen to a little bit of it, but it wasn't like. They were passionate and they were in love with it. And, you know, so mm. I didn't really listen to it that much. Uh, when I kind of started noticing I lost myself uh, towards the last year, um, we kind of decided to take different paths. And I decided to kind of just try to figure myself out because I, I didn't know who I was at that time anymore. So it kind of sucked because um, I know that she still wanted to be you know, and still kind of work things out. But I was just very lost and very confused at that time. And I just needed some, you know, just time to figure myself out and see, you know, what I am and who I am. So I, my very first, uh, I go to Ultra that that year. Um, and it was very crazy because I hadn't gone to Ultra in like 10 years. So going to my first so Ultra. When was that? Uh, 2019 was my first Ultra again. Okay. Yeah, so from... from um, before that, I hadn't gone to anything. No, like, I hadn't gone to Ultra since then. I remember the last mm -hmm. Ultra I went to, the tickets, I think, were... It was, like, $50, $60 for the ticket. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and like it was for three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I remember, like, like people like, oh, that was that's so inexpensive. But, like, I remember when I was 14 and there were, like, $30 for a 14-year-old. I was like, Jeez. damn! I was like, this is so expensive. Where the hell am I going to get 30 bucks? Like, I don't even work. <laughs> so my first ultra uh i was just i was just mesmerized by it all again and being submerged with everything in the community it was just life-changing again so i go to space and i'm there at space uh hanging out and i meet this uh i meet this girl and she and i are hitting it off we end up talking a week later and uh, we everything kept hitting it off. We went to a few a few little things together. She ended up going to a festival, and then when she comes back, um, I noticed she was gonna go to another festival, and it was funny because I was kind of like, 
when are we going to go to a festival? And she's like, why don't we go to this one? And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I was ready for that. You know, I was like, are you sure you want to go with me? And she's like, yeah. Let's, she's like, you want to go? And I was like, yeah, but like, I mean, you don't you don't really know me. You know, like we're going to go to she, she was going to go to Canada. And I was like, I had never left the United States, you know, and I was like, are you sure? Like, you don't even know me, but like, you still want to go? Like, I was like, I feel like the, the, the roles are a little reversed right now. Like, you know, I feel like you should be asking yeah. me these questions. But anyways, <laughs> I decided to go with her and she was the one of the first people that gave me uh, my very first bracelet. So she gives me my very first bracelet uh, when I, I, I don't, I can't remember what time, but she had given me my very first bracelet and... It was just so different. I had never felt anything like that. Um, it was just very unusual. The feelings that I felt it was hard to describe at that time, but I really liked it. It was like very warm feeling, uh, very loving. It was just very different. I hadn't felt anything like that. Uh, so when she wanted to go to this festival, um, she says it was a candy festival too. So I was like, yes. I was like, let's go. Let's go to let's go to Canada. So I start kind of preparing for this festival and I start making these little bracelets for myself. Um, and and she had gifted me. We had got at that time we started gifting each other a lot of cool little things. And I would make her bracelets and it was cool because I've never tapped into my art artistic side like that. You know, mm -hmm. like uh, before then, the closest thing that I had gotten to was the bodybuilding. Uh, but I didn't I didn't really think about it as artistic as I see it now. Uh, mm. As I look now at my life, I've always been artistic. I've always been trying to express it somehow, some way, um, even from how I used to dress to how I used to look. Uh, I've always just, I've always wanted to express. I have just a lot to express. Mm. Um, so we go to this very first festival. I'm super hyped. I've, I have never gone out of States, especially never to a festival. Uh, so I'm there and the community is crazy. People have all these bracelets on. They even have these little stations that you can just make bracelets at. Mm. And I was like, wow, this is super cool. Um, and I remember a few people come up to kind of trade with me because typically if you have candy or you have bracelets, uh, the whole idea behind the whole candy is, is like, it's just to share a moment with someone at, at a festival. So like, let's say you and I get along and we're vibing and I like your personality and your energy. Like, I, I want to give you something to kind of remember the experience in this time together, you know, because everything happens so fast. So the whole thing is just like you vibe, we vibe. Let's just trade a little something. And most people are from different states or different countries or for different places, you know. So it's almost like they're taking a little bit of, you know, whatever place that was back home mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. So I, I saw even crazier bracelets. I saw beautiful pieces and people giving so much. And it was just so amazing. Uh, and it kind of really changed my whole perception of how people were because I always wanted, I remember that time, uh, I wanted to see more love in the world. Uh, and I kind of wanted to, you know, I wanted to see it. And I started to ask myself some questions, you know, I was like, you know, in order to kind of see more love, I kind of figured out that I would have to show more love. Right. Because um, we create reality and we create perception, you know. So whatever you want to see in the external side it has to already yeah, like be, be the source. you. Yeah, you have to be the source in order to kind yeah. of see it happen, you know. So um, I see these people kind of come up to me and they want to trade with me and I don't have anything to trade the very first day. And I was like, no, these are like my personal ones, you know? And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. Like here, I just want to give it to you anyways. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, you guys are 
are breaking my heart like <laughs> you guys are just too loving like oh i can't i can't and to be surrounded by people like so unconditional love and like they weren't expecting anything they just wanted just to give just to give was like very life-changing there so mm-hmm. um i that kind of pushed me the next day because i was like i don't want to i don't want the same thing to happen uh where i don't have anything to kind of reciprocate because i've always been someone who likes to reciprocate you know so the night the night before and the day of i start making bracelets so i can trade with people and i start trading with people and people give me all these really cool bracelets and people were like oh this is my first time trading and it was like just very emotional for everyone and it was just so beautiful uh to be doing something different at a festival so i mm-hmm. just enjoying the music but there's like more meaning to it more purpose it was just very different um so i was like when i come back to miami i was like i'm gonna figure out how to make things because I, I i was like no one's just gonna give me a giant bracelet just because you know just yeah. because it's me you know like some some of these people know each other from another another festival or another place and like for example i've done that uh recently uh where i've met up with people at festivals because we know we're gonna go to the same festivals and we're both candy kids so we make things just for each other yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, and something like very special, something a little more meaningful uh, versus just making little bracelets. We make, you know, pieces for people and stuff. Like that, and then we just trade. So I was like, I want to I want beautiful big pieces. I want this like this looks beautiful. And I was like, when I go back to Miami, I'm going to try things out and I'm going to try to make some art and see like where this goes. Uh, so my very first piece was a Rick and Morty throwing up. Uh, he's throwing up rainbow. I remember it. <laughs> yeah, that's my very first piece ever. And the very first time I created it, I was looking, I was just mind blown. Because <laughs> I've always, like I told you, I've always wanted to be an, I've always wanted to be an artist some in something. I played music before. I used to be, I played guitar, bass, piano. Uh, I used to draw before. I've had sketchbooks. But I was never like, oh, this is cool. Like, I was yeah. always just okay, you know? Mm. Never enough to be like, oh, I want to pursue this because I'm really amazing. It was always just like, I'm okay at things. Mm. Um, I later, you, later on, you find out that, you know, in order to become really good at something, you have to just practice. If that's yeah. what you really just practice at it, you're going to suck at first like everyone else does. Yeah. Like, no one's... <laughs> Very few people are, are born talented. Born, yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, like you have to put in the work and you have to put in the hours. And, you know, sometimes you're looking at someone's achievement, like look at Usain Bolt that spent, you know, 20 years of his life to get to that point that he's racing 60 seconds. Yeah. And yeah, he's only racing 60 seconds. But to get to that point, it took 20 years, a whole lifetime. Like, yeah, you have to put in the work and eventually mm-hmm. things will show and pay off. So I make that very first piece and I was like, wow, this is just this is exactly what I wanted it to look like. It's not like, ah, and it, it was perfect. And I just started making things from that point on. Um, also, too, uh, at that time, there weren't that many festivals happening. And I loved dressing up so much for festivals. Uh, and I loved wearing the art. And I just thought it was so cool. I was like, I need to figure out, like, I need to figure out how to wear this all the time. Like, yeah. I need to just make excuses just to, like, make things and and so i got into i i start, uh, had a buddy of mine that uh introduced me to daybreaker and i started giving myself excuses to create art uh and prepare myself you know because i was i started to kind of think of things in that sense i was like if i want to go to a festival i want to i want to have practice and i want to be able to create things and really be able to you know splurge and love and you know so 
uh, Daybreaker really, really helped me in that because they used to have these themed events and it really just helped me with things. So um, I want to say, I think it was my second or third Daybreaker. Um, they were always so nice and so beautiful and everyone is just so awesome there. Um, I just wanted to give back because I know there's a lot of volunteers and stuff like that. So I gave myself an excuse to make little bracelets and mm -hmm. I think it was a Miami Vice themed one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Miami Vice themed one was the first uh, daybreaker that I started making bracelet themed ones for. So I make like 15 extra bracelets so I can just give it to the volunteers. And I just started using daybreakers to kind of help me push my creativity and to spread love. Because uh, I always noticed daybreakers were always about that, you know, be yourself, be loving. You know, it was just very nice. Very nice. What Was that the one on the deck? Yes. Yes. Yeah. On the island deck. Yeah, yes. I yeah. That was the first time I ever made 15, 15 uh, bracelets, and I, I want to say that was the second one already because the month before that they did the space one. Yeah, I remember, I remember you showing us space. Yeah. I remember seeing you at space, and so we were volunteering yeah. and hugging people. And I think you came pretty towards the end of the queue. I think just before it was about to start. And I remember you had goggles on and like a huge sign thing, yeah. and I was like. <laughs> who is this guy oh my god like in the best way possible i was like wow he's making a statement i was and like had the daybreaker sign as well yeah the daybreaker yeah yeah, yeah. that was the that was the first one uh yeah. it was funny because i had gone to a daybreaker before the candy and stuff which was uh they did it uh at, at uh in downtown where they had this sculpture oh, in the middle the, yeah oh, at the yeah. new the new downtown yes. the old building yes yes so i went to that one but no one even knew that I went to because I didn't even have candy or anything at that yeah, time. I, I didn't have any that. bracelets or anything. <laughs> yeah. But I went to that Canada the month after. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, so I, and I, yeah, yeah. So when I came back, I was like, oh, this is, I was like, Daybreaker always says dress up however you want to. I was like, this is perfect. I was like, oh, I get to wear my candy. I was like, oh, I was like, I'm going to treat this like a festival. It's a festival for me. You know, so I put all my candy on and I was like, I was like, I just, I want to wear it all, all of it. You know, I remember you at some point, you had like so many bracelets <laughs> on your arms. It was like, I mean, you have huge arms, but that was ridiculous. The amount of yeah. things you had at some point, it was like, <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, it. Though, so... I think that's one of the things about daybreakers. When you see people express themselves how they want to, it kind of gives authorization and permission for everybody else to dress how they want to and behave how they for want sure. to so i think like you're such an inspiration for me as well i was like i'd look at you like oh my god this guy that's amazing and i'm sure you did that to a lot of people at daybreaker as well so thank a you lot of for people that think I, oh you're very welcome thank you thank you a lot of people think i work for uh for some of these places too because uh <laughs> when i went to costa rica i went all out and i made some of the most craziest pieces that i've ever made and uh, I haven't even posted them yet. Um, I'll send you a picture of one mm -hmm. of them, though. Yeah. Uh, I, w I went dressed kind of, uh, I themed myself as like a tiki man. Mm. And it, I, the crowd, I was the only person wearing candy, too, because it's not really a candy festival. Mm. Uh, and I knew they were going. I went, I went there with the intentions knowing that already, that I was going to be the only one. Yeah. But it was funny because a lot of people were like, oh, they're like, you work for Envision? And I was like, no, this, uh, this is just how I dress. <laughs> <laughs> and and the and the quality too. People don't know that it's art that I'm wearing. A lot of people think they're it's 3D printed yeah. or it's just fabricated. People don't know that they're like hand placed little beads that 
took me countless yeah. hours. <laughs> but yeah, no, grateful, grateful for the daybreakers because they really, they really pushed me into kind of being myself and just kind of like, okay, like if this is how I want to dress and this is how I want to wear, like why don't I do it? Like why, why am I just waiting to express myself always? Like, like why do I care? You know and. Mm-hmm because of daybreaker it allowed me to shift my my perception into like i'm just gonna wear my candy all the time anytime i'm out i'm just gonna wear it not just because it's like every day is just a special day i don't know love that every day is a day to be you every day is a day to to treasure yourself to appreciate yourself to love yourself you don't need a holiday you don't need permission like every day is the permission this is a perfect transition for something i wanted to finish on is you are one of the most grateful person I know. Every time you you post online on social media and everything, you always express gratitude. And and I love that. And where is this coming from? Like I don't know, why do you have so much appreciation for life? Uh there's a lot of things that I have appreciation for um uh, and one of the first things is uh Finding out how connected we all are um, goes to sh- like it helps me be more appreciative as well, um, because I I learned very young that I'm not where I'm at by myself. Hmm. If it wasn't for all the ups, all the downs, all the comments, whether negative, positive, they all help shift my perception and they all help me grow and become the person that I am. Every experience, every little thing. Um, so there it starts, you know, my appreciation, my gratitude, because, uh, if it wasn't for everyone, I wouldn't be where I'm at. If it wasn't for everything, I, I wouldn't be who I am. Mm. Um, and I've gone through so much changes and so many things in my life, um, that it's a beautiful journey to see when you take a step back and you notice, you know, that everything has to happen the way that it needs to, for you to become the better version that you are. Mm. Um, so once I started kind of understanding this and knowing this, it kind of helped me understand and be more grateful for everything. Even the even the things that at the time I, I see might be negative or might not be as positive as I was I'd want them to be. Like nothing is good or bad. Everything just is. Um, everything will explain itself later on in your life too. Why it happened. Uh, you just have to be patient with the process. Um, so a lot of my gratitude kind of just started there. Um, just understanding those things, those little keys. Um, also too, we don't understand how much ripple effect we have on everything. Uh, just giving someone a little smile, just, uh, you know, sending someone a little message, uh, showing people appreciation. Cause like I said, you wouldn't be here without everyone. So any chance I get to appreciate someone for sure, I'm gonna appreciate them cause I see them and I acknowledge them and I appreciate, they don't have to be the way that they are either. <laughs> so appreciating that as well that they're they're sharing with me and that they're being vulnerable sometimes with me uh they create spaces for me to be me as well uh, helps me be very grateful um and then i live a very abundant life i live a very uh very grateful life uh, i have everything i want and everything i need um i'm able to do what i love uh I, there's just no reason not to be grateful. <laughs> this is so nice to hear because sadly we don't hear that very often mm-hmm. nowadays. 
Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that takes a lot of, of sitting within yourself to figure these things out and to really, you know, see um, if you don't appreciate where you are now either. Um, why are you going to have anything else? You're not ready for anything else either. You know what I mean? You first have to be grateful and appreciative for everything that you are now so that you can go to another level. If not, why why would you receive it? You're not you're not grasping what's in front of you yet. Yeah. There's a lot to be grateful. Yeah, thank you. There's a lot to be grateful on a daily basis. A lot of people don't wake up. A lot of people don't have lives. Uh, look at all the things that are going on around the world, you know, um, and all you have control over is yourself. Your actions, what you do and what you say are the only things you really have control over. Um, out of out of so many flavors to be in this world, to not be loving and grateful. Um, I don't know. Those, that's just the flavor I want to be. That's a beautiful way to put it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I wanted to ask you one more thing before Jeremy closes up. Um, I know that you started DJing, you said, when you were quite young. Has that been mm -hmm. something that has always been with you? Because you said that you kind of stopped listening to music for about 10 years when you were with that girlfriend. Were yeah. you still DJing for fun? Or, and no. when did that also become something that you do as more of a job now? So um, it was just not being aware, not seeing um, what's always been in my path. Um, so when I first learned how to DJ, I didn't really appreciate it that much that uh, someone was was opening up a pathway for me. Um, and I remember DJing a little bit in high school. I got my own little turntables, but it wasn't anything I was like I said that I had to go through a lot of breakthroughs and a lot of limitations that I had in my mind because um, at the time I was I wasn't I was very young. I was unsure. Uh, it's not like I was amazing at DJing. Like I said, I've never been I've never understood that in order like in order to achieve things, you have to put in the work and you have to be okay with where you start, but you have to start and you have to put in the work from where you start. Uh, so I had to go through a lot of jobs. I had to go through a lot of things, a lot of things that I didn't want to understand. What do I want and where do I see myself going? Uh, when I started gifting DJs and being around the scene again and everything like that, I had let it all go. And I even sold my equipment when I was younger because I needed the money, you know? And that goes to show you like, how where my mind was and how I wasn't really understanding that I should be very grateful hmm. because when you're the job of a DJ is very important and a lot of people don't really grasp it they they're transmuting their energy through music um, and they're kind of controlling the way the party's going you're getting a little taste of their feeling and their emotions and based on that is what what what's being played out in front of you um, so I remember understanding these things and starting to give DJs and stuff like that. Uh, it reconnected me back to music and I always wanted to play music, but I never, I wasn't always sure of myself. Uh, I had, like I said, I had a lot of doubts and I had a lot of limitations and a lot of these belief systems that I just, I had to figure out and work on. Um, my very first time touching equipment was, uh, I want to say at the ending of 2019. I went to go visit a buddy of mine that was playing and he was just the last one there. Uh, there was no one in the party, it's just he and I. And uh, he happens to have one of the songs that I, that he asked me to play a song and I, 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 I requested a song and he's like, dude, here. He plays it and he was like, whoa. He was like, that sounds great, man. I like this. Uh, he steps out to the bathroom really quick. And like I said, it's just me now by myself in front of his <laughs> DJ equipment. 
And I was like, huh, I was like, let me just. So I started, <laughs> I start, I start dabbling in it. And when I touched that equipment, uh, I, have, I have not felt like that in my life. Uh, I felt something within me that I knew that I, I, this is what I had to be doing. Uh, there was just this this certain energy that I felt just being back there that I, I couldn't wait to do it again. Couldn't wait to do it again. So at that time, also too, during the times that I was gifting, since I'm hanging out with the DJs and people see me with DJs, people ask me all the time. They were like, dude, do you DJ? Yeah. Um, I At South Point, when I go do aqua yoga, you can always see me carrying a giant boombox. And I'm always playing, you know techno and music and whatnot and people are always like dude you know like do you make this music and i'm like no they're like do you dj and i'm like no i'm like i know how to dj but like i wouldn't call myself like a dj you know like i understand the concept and you know like mm. so after touching that guy's equipment my buddies i was like i need to figure out like how where do i start like how do i become a dj like where do i begin like how do i reconnect my passion again so i buy a First, I had to buy a laptop because I didn't even have a laptop. And I was like, and you, first, you need music, you know, like. <laughs> first things first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, first things first. Like, let me get a laptop and let me start, you know, figuring out my music and everything. So I buy this little program, this little DJ program on my laptop. And I'm there messing around with it and whatnot. And uh, 2020 comes around the corner. And I had just started, you know, I'm dabbling in my laptop. The whole COVID thing happens. Mm. and i was very fortunate i got yeah i got a i got a stimulus check too you know and i wasn't even expecting that so i was like ding 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 i was like i'm gonna buy a dj equipment and i'm gonna start practicing like with actual equipment you know instead of like on the computer because uh my certain people would tease me sometimes because when when they would hear me uh, remember, it's on the computer, so there's like delays, and you only have one 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 finger to play on the mouse, and sometimes you need like yeah. there's sometimes where I press like three buttons at the same time, you know, <laughs> like so it always sounded awful on the computer. So during the whole COVID issues and whatnot, I was like, I'm gonna buy a DJ equipment, and I buy this very small, little, tiny, basic one, and within a, like three days of having it, I was like. I need a better one. I was like, <laughs> this, this just, I just, I, I need more. So I was like, if I can return this, uh, cause I think I thought for the price I paid on that one, it was like almost like a third or almost half of it of what I, of the, the equipment I really wanted to get. So I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to, I'm going to see if they can exchange this for the one that I really want. And once I got the, the mothership in the house, oh, it was, <laughs> it was all over from there. Uh, my very first month though was very inactive. I played it with it maybe like three times and I had to ask myself like these really deep questions again and I had to sit with myself and I was like, I've always done this as I was like, I do a lot of things. Uh, I just don't come through with or go through with it all because I just end up losing motivation or just something ends up happening. I've done fire dancing, bartending, like the list goes on of all the things that I've done and like I don't really practice at all. Mm. So when I got this DJ equipment, I, I sat down with myself and I was like, you know, is this going to be another thing? Like, right. Like, like everything else that you've done, you know, because like I did the yoga certification and yeah, I've taught and I love teaching, but like it's it's not my passion. I wouldn't say it's my passion. I love teaching and teaching will always be. But like, it's just not right now where I'm feeling I'm, I'm being called to. Uh, 
And I was like, you know, like, what's my goal with this? Like, you know, do I want to be a DJ or, you know, like, like, what is like, what, what do I envision and what do I want? And I was like, you know, I, I see myself wanting to play every single day. So since I asked myself that, I was like, if you if that's really my goal and that's really what I want to do, then that's something that I need to replicate, you know, because playing three times in one month is not really it's like we talked about earlier. It's just dreaming, you know. Yeah, you need really to align your taking, actions with your yeah, thoughts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, you know, this is really what I want to do and this is what I want to pursue. I should be practicing daily. If I want to play daily, I should play daily. Uh, a gig's not gonna come just because you want it you know like you're not you're not ready for something like that so from that point on i was like i'm gonna practice every single day every single day i'm gonna practice um also too i've heard there's a quote uh, or a saying in order to become a professional you need to do it for 10 years or 10,000 hours Mm. yeah yeah so i was like wow you know in order to achieve like to get to ten thousand hours as fast as possible you need to put in as as much time as possible mm-hmm. um so i started practicing every single day from that point on and really really practicing 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 um the very first time i played uh 23 hours yeah i played Ooh. 23 hours yeah, yeah, yeah i started at a straight at a little, yeah well uh i'll I'll explain how it went i went i went (laughs) i first i got hired for a boat and the boat was like you know we're gonna hire you from 12 to i think it was like 9 9 30 p.m so i was like perfect then i had another house party that i got hired for um and i did 10 till i want to say 11 o'clock and then i think i was i was so close to 24 hours I was like, and like two or three hours away from it that when I went home, I finished the last like two or three hours just to like, you know, seal the deal. But playing that long. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm telling you like when, when. I thought you meant 10 till 11 at night, but you mean 10 till 11 the next morning. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 13 hours straight there. Wow. Yeah, I did. I did from, from one to nine was eight hours. And then I did 13 hours uh, straight. (laughs) And I like when my when my friend was like my friend was like dude he was like I'm I need to go to bed man and I was <laughs> like I was like dude are you sure man like we're like we're almost we're almost at twenty four hours man come on like I was already so committed in my head too because I had always wanted to play twenty four hours and it's not every chance you get to play twenty four hours you know mm-hmm. so I was like I'm so close I was like but anyways when he told me like what time it was I was like what I was like no you you gotta be kidding me. I was like, no, it's it's already this time. I was like, wow. I had uh, that's what I mean. I had never done anything in my life for that long and been so disconnected to time, except when I make pieces. Yeah. Because mm. I've made pieces for like eighteen hours straight. Yeah, yeah you just yeah. lose track of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you, you notice time, but I mean, it's almost like I've never felt like DJing. When I DJ for mm. that time, I was like, this is this is my passion. This is like. This is what I where I need to be. This is what I want to do. I was like, nothing's ever made me feel like that. That mm. I just lose track of time like that. Like the beads a little bit, but not to that extent. Like I said, my buddy was like, dude, he's like, you got to go home. And I was like, all right, man. I was like, shit, I didn't notice what time it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing to to find something that makes you feel this way. Oh, absolutely. 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 And even when I practice alone, it's always, like I said, I'm always so grateful uh, to be doing it because um, it's just, it's 
I'm so blessed and it's it's just fulfills me so much just being back there. Um, it's indescribable being back there when I'm performing. Uh, <laughs> it's like I said, it's 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 very warm to me. Um, and it's always, like I said, been part of my path. Uh, I just never really understood it. Mm. Um, and I had to go through all these other mm. little things in between to kind of if this would have happened at any other time in my life, I wouldn't have been ready. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because psychologically and everything with the state that I'm in, uh, that's the only reason why I'm creating the way that I create. Um, I had to learn how to meditate, how to calm myself, how to change my belief systems, how to believe in myself more. Because uh, like I said, I've always been an artist and I've always wanted to create. Uh, I just never had and never found a canvas that speaks to me uh, like art and music do. Um, and same thing, one of the reasons that gives, makes me want to give so much back to the industry is that it created me. Um, I wouldn't be here without music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love this conversation. Thank you so much, because <laughs> it's so interesting. Cause we, we met you through Daybreaker. So we met mm -hmm. you where you were already... who you are now you know expressing, uh, yourself. expressing yourself yeah. and everything not this you 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 yeah i've always seen you as an open-minded grateful joyful person and stuff like that so it was interesting to see this other side that we've yeah. never seen and met before uh and, and and it's beautiful to see the change i love that kind of stories where you know i feel sometimes people feel they can't change they're the way they are and they're like this is who i'm gonna be um and they don't see any hope mm -hmm. to whatever where this is the proof that you know you 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 can be s someone and you can change like life is long and if you put the work and if you're open to the idea of changing and mm -hmm. and willing to do the work like you can become who you want to be absolutely attached to whoever you are i love that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on too, man. It was an honor and a pleasure to share with you guys my story. Thank you. I've got one last question for you. Uh, it's a question yes. we ask every guest on, on the show. If you could have a conversation with anyone, dead or alive, that you think is the most interesting person ever, who would you pick and why? Mm can literally be anyone who ever existed it doesn't want to be famous or no it doesn't matter anyone um i know i know i know who i would want to talk to again so um my sister's boyfriend the dj he actually passed away when he was younger mm. um i want to say he passed away in like his early 20s or whatnot some kind of car accident um actually i, I would actually want to talk to him and just thank him um for what he did for me because he had no idea what he was doing for me at the time um but if it wasn't for him i wouldn't i wouldn't be also where i'm at today uh, i wouldn't appreciate music the way that i do because uh, he really learning how to dj gives you a little bit deeper understanding into music um understanding what a dj is doing blending frequencies and harmonizing things it's just a, it's just a beautiful art to see um so i would definitely like to just talk to him and just thank him for setting me up that's beautiful 
Thank you so much, Rob, for sharing that with us. And thank you for sharing your oh, whole story. We've thoroughly enjoyed this and I'm sure everybody listening <laughs> has enjoyed it as well. Um, thank you, Rosie. Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Is Instagram the best place? Yeah, so it's going to be Instagram techno with a zero yogi. Okay, we'll leave it linked in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for everybody for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. And just to let you know, I still have the bracelet you <laughs> gave me in Miami. I still have them with me. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome, man. Uh, that's so beautiful. Thank you for keeping it, man. <laughs> yeah. um, thank you so much once again. For everybody listening, we'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Love you all.